Hi everyone, this is Micaela, the hostess of the local sex shop. This is the second part of my conversation with my lovely, lovely friend Rowan on kinks, power exchange and archetypes. And now we're going to say exactly what draws people into those things. And we're going to also talk about some misconceptions that people have towards kinky people. When you mentioned before total power exchange and like at some point saying like what you can wear, what you can eat, like that can get like very restrictive for someone, for example. If someone tells you you're gonna eat apples every day, for example, even if it's just apples, if it's for seven days, mm-hmm. it can get very repetitive and it's like you choose to do that though. Yeah. So like what is the incentive for both sides? Um Well, uh, that depends. Um, you give me a lot of those, that depends today. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, it is true, though. The BDSM community is a very varied community. Um, lots of different people are drawn to it for different reasons. However, I, I do think there are some themes that I hear coming back quite frequently. This might be kind of the feeling of freedom or yeah just being able to let go of some of your responsibilities by being able to just like give yourself over to uh the control of a dominant um and just not really having to like yes like for example the example that you were talking about of like being told what to eat That is very restrictive, but it's also kind of a thing now that you don't have to think about anymore. Someone else is just like deciding it for you. Um, and, you know, you don't have to dedicate that part of your brain to figuring out what you're going to eat today because like that's already decided for you. Uh, and some people find that very freeing and find that very uh, nice to just like not have to be in their head like that anymore. Um, similarly, I think some people can find that same kind of freedom, not necessarily based in the power exchange for someone else to start making decisions for them, um, but more in giving over to the sensations of the play. Um, so, you know, if you're getting um, a, a hot wax scene and you're the submissive in that or the, or the bottom I should say in that you might just be able to really just be in the moment in your body and just experience the sensation of the hot wax dripping on you and everything that that that, that does in you all the physical and emotional feelings that that um, kind of triggers in your body and just be completely out of your intellectual head for for an hour or however long you know a scene may last and that can be a very pleasurable experience for people then there's also the aspect of kind of challenging yourself seeing how far you can push yourself kind of the um, you know, satisfaction in knowing that you've achieved a new milestone uh, or a goal that you've been working towards for a long time. From from a more top and dominant perspective, people just sometimes enjoy being in control. There's, yeah, an element of uh, maybe being able to provide certain experiences for people as well. Like, I think even though there is often kind of a how do i say this kind of like a presentation of the dom 
like not caring about their submissive and just like doing the things that they want to do because they're the one in charge often in reality they're doing that because that's what the submissive wants or that's what the submissive responds to in a way that allows the submissive to get into that headspace so you know there can also be a satisfaction of knowing that you are providing something for someone that they wouldn't necessarily be able to achieve otherwise and that is pleasurable for them or is otherwise like good or or beneficial to them okay but then i think like when you were describing kind of motivations behind it for people i was thinking that when you think of dominance and submissive um if you're a person who is not involved in it you kind of expect i think you expect certain kinds of people like you expect them to look like it i guess so i think for the dominant when you're talking about people who are doing things that are violent let's say or like have control over others you would expect someone who looks like it who look like they could hurt you And then from the submissive side, you expect to see someone who looks like they don't have initiative um, and they are following blindly, kind of, or like basically very ready, ready to be stepped on. Mm-hmm. So are those realistic reflections of people who are kinky in everyday life? They can be, but I, in my experience, they're far from the norm. Um, I think, again, uh, the BDSM community is is a very broad community. It attracts all sorts of people. Um, but yeah, you know, the BDSM community still has to operate within our society. And, and there are a lot of like kind of gender norms and expectations that, that come with that. Um, but yeah, I think anyone that looks like like any particular way can fulfill any of these roles and sometimes there's also elements to that where that adds a extra layer of enjoyment or you know an extra layer of being able to play with that for instance you know i think the idea of like a really muscular tall large cis man submitting to a very petite small woman Um, you know, there might be an element to that of like, oh, this really goes against the the gender norms of our society. And that can be really exciting as well. Um, so, yeah. So you can't know. That- you, you cannot, you cannot <laughs> uh, judge by someone's appearance what kind of role they uh, fulfill within uh, their BDSM uh, activities. Okay, but I do think if someone looks like they're about to hit someone, I wouldn't trust them with another person to actually <laughs> hit them privately. <laughs> sure. Um... <laughs> I think, like, because we're talking about consent, so I feel like if someone does look like they have those tendencies in their everyday life, that might mean that they don't have a good self-control modification, sure. I guess. Yeah, I mean, that that is the reality of, you know, like I just said, like the BDSM community operates within our overall societal system. And yeah, anyone can be kinky. And I think sometimes maybe there's a little bit of an hopeful inclination towards thinking that, you know, people who are into the same things as you or maybe into similar things as you 
also approach life in a similar way to you or think similarly uh, politically or or you know along gender lines or something like that uh and that's just simply not really the case within yeah the reality of of the bdsm community which means that when you're engaging with people you still need to use your best judgment and you know be careful yeah so i get that you can't tell there's variety anyone could be kinky yeah <laughs> and have any role that yeah. you can't think of okay i think that's very hard to accept if like because the social expectations are very different like you kind of expect to be able to tell you kind of expect specific experiences that those people have like i was watching a, a video um and it was just about someone who was saying that they like being a rope bunny so they like being tied up mm -hmm. and at no point at that video did they talk about their own life and their own experiences and they just said i like being tied up like i like the sensation but the immediate like responses on the comments were like oh that's that's childhood trauma <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a, a common assumption yes um what do you think about that assumption <laughs> Um, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does depend, yes. I think there is no real evidence towards suggesting that people who are kinky are more likely to have experienced trauma in some way. Um, I think, as I've been stressing this whole time, you know, kinky people are regular ass people and just like regular ass people some of us has tra have trauma some of us don't um you know some of us are neurodivergent some of us aren't you know it it, it really runs a gamut um i will say though that for those of us who do have trauma i mean the question can come up like oh you know is this kind of like the source of my kinks or something like that Personally, I understand that question, um, but I'm not particularly interested in that. Um, so, full disclosure, I, I do myself also have trauma, and I'm not particularly interested in whether or not my trauma influenced my kinks or, or anything like that. However, um, I do find that those of us who do have trauma tend to incorporate it in some way into their BDSM practices. And even though BDSM is, is absolutely not a form of therapy, um, it can be a kind of ther therapeutic experience for some of us. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah, so um, I think partially it has to do with how much of uh, BDSM is focused on consent and how much explicit say you get in what does and does not happen to you in BDSM. Which, of course, is very different to uh, a lot of the experience that people have that tend to end up causing trauma. So there's an interesting kind of flip of kind of revisiting certain experiences, certain dynamics, but within the context of understanding that, like, okay, I have explicit consent for this i am you know in control of this i get to opt out at any point if i have to that can be kind of like a re-empowering experience 
uh, for some of us. Sounds a bit like um, exposure therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, BDSM isn't therapy. Yeah. Um, and it's important to keep that in mind. But yeah, I, I guess in some form uh, for some people. And how easy is for people who are kinky to be informed on the things that they like? Um, because like... I understand that there might be a lot of risks, either physical or psychological. So where did you find information and what is the extent of information that you have? Because even if it's just uh, psychological, it can still cause you some like emotional damage, I guess, or sure. even re-triggering. But then when it's physical, it can, I think it can get to life-threatening situations if people don't know what they're doing. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the internet. Um, there's, there's, you know, I think on the internet there's communities for basically any kink you could think of. Um, if you know how to search for them, uh, I think Reddit is probably a very common um, location for for those. There's also FetLife, which is often described kind of as the um, Facebook for perverts. Um, and yeah, within the BDSM community, um, there are quite often kind of educational events that people host, uh, either online or in person. Um, this is not as common here in Groningen, as far as I'm aware. But will we still have events? Um, the only ones that I'm aware of are uh, based around rope bondage. Um, and uh, as far as I'm aware those are still happening semi-frequently but other than that i'm not aware of any okay but then i think there are a lot of practices that would require some medical knowledge do you think is there enough basically medical experts who are involved in this so that people have somewhere to go for that knowledge in my experience people who are i think there's kind of like a tiered system of like some people are kind of kinky and like they can kind of take it or leave it and other people kink is 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 a more important part of their identity and then there's some people who are just like really like no kink is like the part of my identity um and especially of that latter category i think people will really go above and beyond to be uh informed and and will like study what they need to study in order to um, have the knowledge to really be able to practice their kinks and I think overall that's probably quite a small section of all people who have some kinky interests but it does seem to me to be the case that those people do tend to want to pass their knowledge along and are often the people that are hosting uh, educational events um, and these can get quite niche, but whether or not they are like actually like medical practitioners or not, I think they, they usually, at least on that narrow part of what they're interested in, tend to end up with, with a lot of knowledge um, in that regard. Okay, so it's specific knowledge. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> are there kinks that you think like, people could start trying by themselves to experiment here, here it comes that depends that depends on kind of what 
they are drawn to. I think the first step could always be to fantasize and to like explore a kink in 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 fantasy. Uh, whether that is uh, finding like porn about it, although of course I should add that porn is not educational, um, but it, it can kind of allow yourself to start to kind of imagine what it might be like, or um, to realize like, oh, that sounded fun in my head, but when I see it in 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 practice, I I don't know if that's my thing actually. And then from there on out, I would say, you know, make sure that you're educated as much as possible. Maybe join some educational meetings on on this particular kink that you're interested in, you know. um, Yeah. And then you can, you know, some kinks lend themselves toward being a little bit more easy to explore by yourself. um, And other kinks are, are less difficult, but. Overall, I would say, like, don't let, um, you know, the lack of of a potential uh, partner um, in this uh, deter you from exploring. Okay. I think I will have one last question for you. Are there any misconceptions about kinky people you would like to clarify? The big one that I have already mentioned briefly, but that I would like to return to is the one about kind of gender expectations within kink. Um, I I do think this is getting better, um, but I I do think there's still a very strong expectation of like, if you're a kinky man, especially a kinky cis man, you're supposed to be a dominant. Um, And, you know, even to the point where that can be kind of a shameful thing if if you're not even though you know i i think that's absolute nonsense and and everyone should be able to just you know explore their freaky side uh, as they wish but yeah th- this idea of like men are dominant women are submissive um you know kink has to be one certain way i i, I think is is a common one like um I understand the question uh, because it, it it it's kind of the common perception in, in media and stuff like that. But this idea of like, is kink violent? I, I think like you can practice kink in so many different ways and so many of them don't look like that at all. Like they, it can be so playful. It can be really exploratory. It can be really sensual. Uh, and it can also be very intense and... You know, yeah, (laughs) forceful, let's say. (laughs) So do you have any recommendations for us if people want to check into kinky kinky stuff further? Yeah, um, so I have um, two YouTube channels that I thought are quite accessible for people who are new kind of to the BDSM community and subculture. Um, so the first is what's the safe word they kind of talk about kink and bdsm and fetishes primarily from a gay male perspective but even though that is the case i i find that it usually contains a lot of information that 
is useful for anyone regardless of gender or sex or orientation. And in particular, they have a playlist on their YouTube channel called Kink Education, where they kind of collect all their um, specifically kinky uh, episodes. The second YouTuber is called Morgan Thorne. She has a more strictly BDSM focused YouTube channel and uh, also has a playlist for uh, called BDSM Basics 101 and 102 level learning in kink um, that I think would be a good place to start. I, I have seen both of their channels but like um, I think the Morgan Thorne one mm-hmm. She has a lot of uh, tutorials also, let's say, explaining yeah. a lot of stuff about different devices For sure. and how to use them and things that, like, it could be a whip, like how to wash your whips, but it also could be how to do electroplay, yeah. <laughs> which is, I would say, far more specialized and specific. Um, I also have some suggestions, actually. I would suggest uh, a podcast by Tina Horn, which is called Why Are People Into That? And in every episode, basically, she goes through like one king or a fetish or um, whatever it could be with someone who practices it, or maybe it could be like adjacent to it like she she got a nurse to talk about then the nurse role play thing and i think that was interesting and also i would suggest uh subguide which is a website and you can also find it on social media which is basically a website aiming at educating uh submissives and it has a lot of different articles that are informational and explaining things and like also about communication and stuff like that which i think is great okay so if i may add one more little piece on that i think i would recommend that people take their time to do their research and not necessarily focus on one source of information and more look around maybe read three or you know watch or or listen to three or four different perspectives on the same topic and then kind of use that to put together their own idea that tends to work for me very well Uh, it allows me to kind of because everyone talks about a slightly different aspect of the topic and shares their own experiences and That allows me to kind of puzzle together how it relates to my specific interest in the topic and uh, also allows me to be a little bit more certain whether or not the information is accurate because like if three or four reputable sources are repeating the same information then it's a lot more likely that it's also reliable in that sense. That is true. Absolutely true. Okay, so before we go... I would like to thank Anna for listening <laughs> and listening and listening of all of our episodes and editing and editing. <laughs> She's doing a great thank work. <laughs> and also thank you for being here today. It and- was a pleasure. And honestly, Mikaela, you didn't have to tie me up for this. I would have done it freely <laughs> if you asked. But maybe I want to tie mm, you up. Well, maybe I enjoyed it a little bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You're very welcome.